Strider, the free world relies on your success. Welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. I'm Mock Rider. And I'm Sam. That's not Whoa. true. You are not Mock Rider. I am Everybody's Mock Rider. I thought you I thought I was Mock Rider, and I thought no, no, no. it'd be nice to have I'm a little callback to this episode. Well, it's the 200th episode. Uh, very exciting. Lots to celebrate. And I'm sure, like, for all of our listeners, it's also quite a celebration for everybody who's been listening for 200 straight episodes. Uh, you know, we can go around the table real quick and just talk about our thoughts on that. Sean, let's start with you. 200 episodes. Is it a big deal? Uh, I mean, like, it's pretty much four years. Uh, that's a lot. That's a lot. I didn't really expect this to go on for four years if i'm being honest um but i think yeah that's a big deal it's it's a lot joe did you think we'd make it i thought we'd make it but i you know i was never sure i was never sure when we started i was like you know maybe maybe we'll lose interest but no i think our interest if anything has uh has just ramped up as we go so you know i'm i'm excited to have gotten this far and to keep going Sam, did you I'm ever done. think you'd come back? <laughs> of course. Of course, I knew I'd be back. Yeah, I'm like, I, I've mentioned this to someone on Twitter, um, but I've just been kind of focusing on music, uh, which kind of sounds like pretentious. Like, I'm really just focusing on my music <laughs> right now. But, like, it's not, I'm in a band, we practice a lot. It's like, it takes up a lot of time because um, you have to, like, practice before the practice, too, which is, you know, a lot of time. Homework um, practice. Yeah, it's homework practice and regular practice. Uh, so, I I don't know. I, I'll, I will be back. I can't say in what capacity, but this is something that is dear to me, and I want to continue to be a part of it in how you know however I can. Sometimes I do like a homework practice for uh, just speaking about things. Uh, it doesn't really it doesn't really pay off that well because I still fumble over words a lot, but. When when I'm not recording the show, I'm I'm usually trying to exclaim opinions on things. <laughs> and of course, this being the 200th episode means that uh, it has been uh, a little more than three years of nonstop uh, recording of nostalgia episodes. We started with Ten Yard Fight back. Uh, the published date was February 9th. 2018 but we recorded actually in early january it was one of my new year's resolutions for 2018 to start a podcast and uh all all four of us made an appearance on that uh we did 10 yard fight baseball clue clue land and duck hunt all in the same record uh guys actually, what were we smoking back wait then? a minute no we we did duck we did out of order we did uh excite bike and then we went back and did duck hunt for some reason we because we didn't have the zappers yet Yo, that and that is great trivia. You are yeah. you're the master of the trivia over here. <laughs> Wait, yeah, we it did was some real like first. Yeah, it was some real was demo tape shit. Like we had one mic talking into it from across a room. <laughs> Sounds terrible. Go back and listen. Yeah, you can definitely tell. <laughs> it's it's so bad that I actually put a disclaimer in front of those episodes. I think those first uh, four episodes probably excite bike instead of duck hunt, uh, saying like, hey, you should just know that like. 
a lot of people think that this is an okay podcast, and uh, this is not okay, but you should listen to these episodes, but also listen to the newer episodes, because they're a little higher fidelity. <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, you know, I just want to take one moment to thank our audio producer, Chris, who has been with us on the whole ride, too. He doesn't speak, uh, but you might know him. Uh, as an occasional uh, voice actor on the show, he plays a couple different roles. I won't say what they were because that would spoil the magic. But we've had some fun <laughs> moments with Chris as well. And we couldn't do this without him on the show. So I just wanted to give him a quick shout out as well, even though uh, he insists still on not speaking. Come on, Chris. He has a mic. He could speak right now if he wanted. But We do have a very special announcement, though, for us and for fans of Nostalgia. We've been paying close attention for the last uh, probably like three years, you know, since the beginning of the podcast, really. We've been uh, asking the listeners, what do you guys think of the show? What what matters most to you guys? What was surprising was is that the most requested feature out of anything for Nostalgia was something that was kind of always there in the beginning and was one of the main like concepts of the show, but then when we lost you know, like the ability to just continue to fund it, like we were losing money on it, we shut it down. And that was the website. The website is something where people constantly tweeted us being like, hey, what happened to this? Or why isn't this working? And it, it, we were trying to explain to them, like, you know, it's just something that's just not profitable for us to run. But we know that's what a lot of you have been asking for is, what you know, when can the website come back? And how can I give money so that the website can come back? And, you know, we were really appreciative in general, just the sentiment, too, that, like, the website was something that you guys wanted to see. But we couldn't just ask for money for a website. That's that's not, like, that's not who we are. That's not what we set out to make the show was. The show has never been profitable. Um, it's, it's an expensive show to run, but we love doing it week in and week out. And that's why, you know, we're looking at, well, how can we have the website? How can we make something uh, new for listeners? And how can we make sure that this show nostalgia the show that you've been listening to for 200 plus episodes uh, continues to be the same exact thing without compromise so we're bringing on advertisements and that's not true we've actually done some advertisements yeah. but <laughs> but they're gone <laughs> yeah yeah they're gone you if you go back to older episodes they're not there um uh but new episodes sometimes have sponsored but then like those are also designed to be removed it's pretty smart trust me it's like one of those <laughs> things where we always record the episode without the ads this way they can be removed later so what we decided on doing is, you know, nothing about nostalgia, this show, the show that you subscribe to every Friday, nothing about that is changing at all. You will still be able to get this episode and episode 201, 202, 203 every Friday without compromise guaranteed to you. The new thing that we are offering on uh, a special thing that we have in the show notes, a link to our Patreon page is... For just $1 a month, that's all we're really asking for is $1 a month, you are helping fund, you know, the the what we need to have this website up and running. Uh, we do it through Squarespace, so it's not too much per year or anything like that, but just the costs of us maintaining the website and uh, using Squarespace and all that. We're going to make a special thank you page to everybody, and you can, you know, let us know, obviously, what you want to be titled as in those things. You don't have to use your real name. Uh, but this way, you know, everybody knows who's helping get this website back up and running because, you know, whether you're someone who's going to contribute or not to this Patreon, that is something um, that a lot of people are asking for. And so we think we should give everybody the chance to make this uh 
a feature. That said, we're not going to wait for people to, uh, you know, to, to hit a certain amount of subscribers before we launch up the website. We're comfortable taking that cost on. And, you know, the website will come back and we're happy to say that all the information that you need from Nostalgia and to catch up will be there very soon. Web 3.0, baby. Yeah, I can't promise it'll be up when this episode's up, but it will be up very soon. In addition to that, though, for people who are big fans of Nostalgia and want more of the podcast, more than what we offer here as a chronological exploration, we are offering for $5 a month access to a new show called Nostalgia Bites. That's B-Y-T-E-S. Get it? These are bite-sized episodes delivered once a month. Like a bite, like it's bite-sized. So like, like a bite out of food. Right, right. A bite out of food, but it's a computer bite. Yeah. The com- B-Y-T-E, yeah. These shorter episodes are once a month. They are exclusive looks for these $5 a month Patreon subscribers who basically it's going to take a look at the Famicom library and we're going to look at the games that you can play without any Japanese uh, language requirements. You don't need to know any Japanese. You can, as long as you have access to these Famicom games, you can play them just like we're going to play them and we're going to look at them. Um, again, it's only once a month, so it's not every Friday or anything like that, but we're hoping to not just look at all of the Famicom games and say like, oh, this is, yeah, this is another one and it's the same thing that we played kind of as, as this other episode, but it's this. No, this is going to be looking at some of the best and unique Famicom games and, you know, I hope, I guess like, you know, the hope is that Everybody will also play along and experience these for the first time because the hook of nostalgia really is you guys have all played these games or are familiar with these games and you're hearing uh, a younger generation's take on what these games, you know, are like today with the, with the modern lens. But with Nostalgia Bites, I'd argue that there's probably not too many of you guys that have delved into the uh, – have dived in to the Famicom catalog and that's what we're really hoping to have access to here uh, with Nostalgia Bites, is we can all experience something new together for the very first time. Again, it's just $5 a month uh, to get access to that. You'll get a special RSS feed, and you'll still get, obviously, the thank you uh, on the Nostalgia website and all that. There's definitely going to be more bonuses along the way for everyone, though. Um, we're looking into other ideas. You know, we I don't want to promise anything, but we're always thinking about other types of shows we can do or other types of bonus content we can give you guys. So while we don't want to promise that directly, Nostalgia Bites is something we can promise. And we're really looking forward to that um, that first episode, which, uh, you know, for more information, definitely check out our Twitter. But we'll also be talking about it here on the podcast as well. Guys, anything you want to say about the, this new Nostalgia Bites? Any excitement? Anything you want to tease or anything like that? I am excited. I, I really look forward to us having a home on the worldwide internet superhighway again. Um, and I can't wait to get into the uh, the Famicom stuff and uh, brainstorming about what else we can throw onto that uh, that that pa- that old Patreoni. Yeah, it's exciting to, to try these these like new games now like through it from like a different different perspective we're getting all we're getting these games that you know that might be totally different than anything we've played and, and little little extra bonuses and yeah likewise you know whatever we can 
come up with down the road too you know some some other things that that we can do other types of episodes it's really fun to be able to branch out i'm just excited for the website so i can finally figure out is nes baseball haunted <laughs> which is our most requested article because i think strictly because we reference it so much on the show but yes soon everybody will know if nes baseball is or is not haunted we don't take a firm stance on it it's up for you know all true believers to understand and to make their own uh, final assumptions for. I just, you know, one thing, if, if you don't mind me sounding like a broken record here, I just want everyone to know that we, uh, you know, sincerely appreciate how much the show has grown. And that's why we made the decision of whether you're a, a $1 a month subscriber, a $5 a month subscriber for the bonus uh, podcast, or you don't subscribe at all. We're not removing anybody's access to Nostalgia, this podcast. It's very important to us that uh, everybody who's been on the ride stays on the ride. Uh, it, you know, We couldn't have made it to 200 episodes without the growth we've been seeing. So even if you can't uh, you know, pledge any money to whether the funding of the website or the new podcast, we want you guys to know – that the best way you can support us is just through word of mouth, telling your friends, hey, you know, I've been listening to this show for, you know, X amount of months or years I've been listening to this show, and I think you should too. That is the number one thing that this podcast needs is just growth. Uh, and we've been, you know, diving into our own pockets a lot throughout the uh, the show's run to, you know, do advertising or to run, um, you know, stuff on Reddit or do the game jam. All those things are you know, with our own time and effort and money and stuff like that. So we really appreciate just everybody who comes in and listens every week because it is a consistent growth. We've only ever seen the numbers go up and we really appreciate everybody. Who's and and if I could week. just like jump in real quick, like I will say that one, one of my favorite things to do now is to sell out. So this is really <laughs> this is really playing into my strengths. <laughs> I can confirm that. Yeah, <laughs> Sean sells out a lot. Anyway, we do have an episode to talk about. This is not just some kind of celebration thing. We won't be reviewing the Essential Games list. We won't magically put Zelda 2 on the list today. Never gonna uh, we, have a real, we have a real schedule of things to do, and that is mostly to talk about Strider. Um, the uh, Capcom, I, I think like to some people this is a classic, but I found that to be a little confusing in terms of information because they developed an arcade game and this NES game at the same time. So I'm not sure which one was actually the revered one. Feels like my research led me to believe that the arcade one is the one that's more like famous in terms of like lo- longevity. But this NES game was was well received at the time and it's kind of like an early uh, mix of you know, the games that we've been getting, like Ninja Gaiden, meets a, a Metroid-style game. Would you would you agree with that assessment, guys? Yeah. yeah. I've heard someone compare it to uh, Bionic Commando also. Oh, that's a good comparison, yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. It's like a lot of these games. I mean, even back to, like, so there's some elements of, like, Metal Gear in here as, like, you're finding <laughs> clues and you got your, like, your home base that you communicate with and stuff. I think it's, like... It feels like a it's on that same path as games like that that we've had intermittently. Yeah, like a strong. Uh, it leans on some sort of story that it, that actually comes out through the gameplay a bit more than your standard NES game. It's got 
some cinematic elements. So I I can see that like Metal Gear uh, comparison there. So in this game, uh, you play as, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but I think it's Hear You, Hear You, um, or, or Her You, for all I know. But you you're, you take control of the main character, who is a he's the youngest ever in the elite class known as Strider. Um, they're like a secret organization uh, that probably is responsible for a lot of the, uh, you know, the Illuminati stuff of the world. <laughs> and uh, in in this side-scrolling platform game, you play as him and have to locate uh, clues, which are kind of like floppy disks, and uh, interrogate members of either rival factions or of your own faction. And uh, these clues are required in order to continue progression in the story and unlock other levels, but also um, move further along in previous levels, too. There's there's some degree of backtracking, moving forward, um, moving the story along, and power-up system that requires you to kind of, like, go back and try your new power-ups in places that were already familiar to you, not... Uh, much unlike how it was in Metroid where you would acquire, say, um, you know, missiles and now you can open up uh, doors specifically with missiles and stuff like that. I I feel like, uh, you know, on paper, it's a pretty solid idea. Not that it's anything too original, right? We've seen this all before. But the one that stood out to me is the idea that you have to collect clues, almost like a, you know, a detective, uh, you know, get the next beat in the story in order to then go back to your main hub analyze the files and get an idea of where you need to either go back to or where you need to go next. Uh, Sean, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I really liked that element of it. Um, the, the files aren't, um, there's a lot of games that do something like this where, uh, there are the things that are revealed to you in the game, uh, are, are how you have to progress. So I guess like it's sort of been done in, uh, like Castlevania 2 and semi-adventure games like that where, oh, you have to learn this information from some NPC. Uh, but at least in this one, it's a lot more clear um, and that there's a whole system for it. Like you go back to your base and you use your computer to analyze and uh, it's not very, it's not super on the nose, but it, it's it gives you an idea of where you have to go. I really like that. It's sort of like you're piecing it together. And I just like the idea of a home base in general to sort of tie um, to tie the game together. Um, so, yeah, I, I was a big fan of that. Yeah, and it makes that home base like sort of the, the catalyst to, to, I guess, what would be sort of like Metroidvania-y, where you, you have to go back to the home base and then like go somewhere you've already been, but now with yeah, the Yeah, it's new like a central room. <laughs> yeah. But I, I was going to ask you guys, would you? Because I feel like this game has like elements that it, it it acts like it's it's got these RPG elements. But I can't decide if I would call it more of an RPG or more of like Metroidvania. Because it, it, I, it I'd say me, it's more an adventure game. Well, um, right. But I mean, in those elements that you're like in the elements that that give you that progression. You know, that like oh, I can't get past this wall until I get this item. I think the difference here is that like an RPG would be system based in terms of how you progress. Whereas in this, like there are specific moments where you level up. It's like when you talk to a specific character and you can't, I don't think there's any sequence breaking. Like you, we will always level up when you talk to these characters. Right. And that's what I thought too, for the most part, but I just thought it was interesting that they like, we sort of talked about this recently in um, the boat game, which we just played and I can't remember the name of it, 
Nicoba Triangle. Um, <laughs> the, the but we started by talking about this recently, the idea that, like, it's giving you, like, this... It's almost by by calling them level ups and giving, letting your health and your power move up every time. It's I almost felt like it was giving me the illusion of, like, oh, it's an RPG and I'm growing, but really it's just... I've I've passed this part of the game, so I've unlocked the ability to do this. Like, it's very linear in that sense. Not that that's a bad thing. I just thought it was interesting that it. I don't think we've ever seen that kind of thing presented as like levels. Yeah, because levels usually associate with like my own skill, you know, rather than just like how far I got in the game. Yeah, I agree. It it, it is kind of misleading, but um, I guess it's not really hurting anything. <laughs> no, not at all. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, Joe, if I could pose the question to you. Uh, would you have preferred, you know, we've seen in games like um, Rambo, I, I don't know why that comes to my head, but, you know, where killing enemies gains you XP, even in an adventure, action adventure style game, uh, we've seen that that version of that. Did you prefer something like that? Would you have preferred that, like, as in Strider, like, for enemies you kill, you then level up experience to gain, like, more points in your health bar or... Uh, learn new tricks or was it better to say like no you have to complete this kind you know like the next step in the mission based on the files you analyzed and then you get this like fake level up so by the, based on the way that this game is designed i think that the way it is 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 the correct choice for that because it because it locks you behind these things and, and, and lets you kind of like experience this adventure in like the the optimal order that they want you to where you're learning things as as you need to and stuff um, so I wasn't trying to argue that it should be that way, but I think like, you know, if they, if they, if we wanted to like entertain that thought for a second, I think that there's room for it to be like the items you get, you get from the, from the enemies and the levels as far as your health and your HP and your, what do you really call it? The mana or whatever, your energy bar that levels up based on your experience and the other stuff that you need to progress levels up based on where you are in the game. I think there's room for that. I don't think it's, it's necessary, but yeah, I, that would, I think I'd this would have to, have to be explore. some kind of, immersive sim for it to to actually work like a system-based level up system i i think that with how uh since you don't really have that much latitude in how you complete this game the way they have it now is fine but you know joe you did remind me uh and it is a different style game so sean your point's not wrong here uh you reminded me of rygar which uh you know has a uh you know kill a lot of enemies to get uh, stronger and you know gain more HP, but you don't necessarily like gain new like breaking items or you know like that would destroy the the level based design that they had set up for you. Uh, that could have been interesting for Strider if it was uh, if that's just how your energy and health were earned was through like you know experience points, but then the the items you acquire are are level based. Yeah, yeah. You know, it feels almost like it's like, okay, that sounds like more just like this Christmas list wish of like, oh, that'd be cool to have. But like, in no way is it a complaint about what we do have here. Yeah, they'd have to rework a lot of stuff because this game also has that fun NES thing uh, where enemies just spawn and spawn and spawn. Mm-hmm. So yes, you could just true. stand in front of an, an enemy <laughs> conveyor belt and, and just keep like spamming attack and then you're max level. <laughs> That's true. I hadn't thought of that. Is the collecting of the floppy disks a unique idea, or is that just the same as, you know, we've seen in other games, collect X number of things and you'll be able to move on from that particular level? 
uh, you know, I'm kind of drawing some blanks here, but you know, even I'd say, early, yeah, uh, well, go ahead, John. Well, while it may not be a unique idea, it, it, the context of it is at least unique. Where um, it's, it's, I guess, it's based in reality enough that I kind of buy it as like, oh, I need to find this so I can figure out where to go next, instead of the game just only literally letting me go to where I need to go, um, and. It's it's a little bit less contrived uh, than a collect x amount of x uh, x amount of y, um, because in the fiction of the game, like make finding information via floppy disks makes sense. So I I at least like the uh, um I at least like the context of it, if not the mechanic itself. And I also like the idea of like your looking through the levels for these things and it's not that like you're getting to the end like the way that the game is constructed where you have to like return to levels and go back and search it kind of it makes sense that you're like searching for like like sean was saying it makes sense in like the scope of the story and also in terms of like how the levels are like if you were just getting to the end of each level if it was like a linear a linear thing and then at the end of each level there's like data for you and it's like oh okay like this is the information i need to get to the next level and then it just sends you to the next one like that wouldn't be as engaging i don't think but i think that the way that the levels are constructed makes sense with this narrative as well yeah and that fact that you're searching also coupled with the fact that the things that you that you find don't always i mean sometimes they do but they don't always just unlock a new place like sometimes they just give you inform like actual real life information that you have to apply, you know, out here in your own brain before you can figure out where to go. It's not like it just says you got this, your character knows what's going on, so now the new place is unlocked. It's like you got this, I'm like, "Oh, maybe I got to go, you know, go back to to Australia where I already was or a bad example cuz that's the last place you go, but you know, <laughs> like somewhere that you've already been and it like reminds you of something or tells you it gives you real context, <clears throat> which makes it feel like a little more like you're in charge rather than the game is just guiding you. Yeah, and so like setup wise, it's great, right? The idea of collecting these floppy disks and then going to your home base, analyzing the information, receiving the intel and being like, okay, now either, you know, like a new place like Egypt might have opened up or I actually have to go back to a previous level and, uh, you know, with my new power-ups, try an area that I saw before that I wasn't quite sure what was going on there, but maybe now my new power-ups or as they're referred to in this game, tricks will we'll do something for me. But before we get to, like, you know, exploration and all that, it's worth mentioning that the actual execution, presentationally, of these things isn't as great as we're making it sound. And I'm not saying it's terrible, but it does have its flaws. Uh, number one, just being the presentation of the floppy disks. I found that to be very strange how they don't... They're not, like, immediately present in the room. Sometimes they'll just drop down from the sky. Uh, or, like, people will... You know, even with your power-up boots and stuff like that, like, they're not there, but then when you slide into the area or, you know, walk enough into the area, the boots just happen to, to spawn from thin air. I don't know if they were trying to, like, present it as, like, oh, you know, if you saw them, then you would know to go there. You have We have to encourage exploration. But I didn't like how, how they just spawn out of thin air in those places, especially with um, the characters that give you information. Uh, you know, if you run into, like, some of the scientists or stuff like that, they... They trigger like a cutscene of just text, but then after that, then still a, a floppy disk or a power-up will just randomly spawn. Then you've collected that power-up, or say it's the, the floppy disk. Now you are stuck with 
the only possible way to go back to your ship is backtracking through something that you've already done, uh, which is which is only tedious, right? You haven't acquired a new power-up that now makes going backwards easier or anything like that. You just have your floppy disk. You need to find out what the information is on it, and you have to do the whole level again backwards. And by when I say whole level, it's not too long of an experience, probably like five minutes or so, but you have to do everything you just did once more in the opposite direction, and it doesn't encourage, like, taking a different path or a different uh series of tubes uh i think actually sometimes sometimes it does yeah uh, say like you know it's very um it's really inconsistent because there are some instances where it will let you walk out the like the most recent door that you walked in and then you're just back at your base and then there are the ones that you go into that series of tubes um and it conveniently lets you out very near the beginning where you can get back to base. Um, but then, yeah, there are several instances where you have to backtrack the entire, the entire map. And, and like, there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason as to which, uh, like key items trigger one or the other. Um, so it, it it's, it's, it's odd. And I, I also agree. It's, uh, it's tedious at best when it, when it ends up being like that. Even the explanation of like, Getting back to your ship, though, like going to the very edge of the level where you started and just jumping. And this time you magically just like jump all the way. I'm assuming it's a teleport, but like it just looks like you're jumping into the sky and going back to home base. It's just a strange thing. Uh, and I'm not saying that they should just make it like a a start menu thing where like you just press the select button, which is your menu uh, screen. And then just saying like return to base, like. Maybe that was the right answer, but I'm sure they could have it's just done it better. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess my my biggest point was just that you know in Metroid, a game that I gave a lot of criticism to for its backtracking and its uh, confusing overall map, uh, everything looking kind of the same. In this game, the backtracking doesn't mean anything new for the player. You're just doing what you've done. Or you're just wasting time to go back to the base. It's literally just a, can you survive with your health in time to get back to the base? I'm not saying that's the worst design thing I've ever seen. It just, with with the story progression and everything, it only just adds a, another layer of, of filler. Right? Joe, any thoughts? Uh, well, I want to play devil's advocate on a couple of these points. I, I totally see what you guys are saying. But I, I do I I was almost going to present this positive of 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 like a appreciation of the game design that they put into it because I thought most of the levels where you have to backtrack they designed them in a way where like you know maybe you're going uh, when you get there you go to the right and you go into a cave and you go up and you come back around to the left but they design it in a way where like maybe after you talk to the person you need and you get the the item you're looking for you drop down close to where you started or or near a tube that will take you all the way back to the beginning or some way where they they've almost designed some of them not necessarily as like circles but as ways where you they they put you near tools that'll get you back there easier and and i thought that because they did it that way they got a little bit of the best of both worlds they got immersion but they didn't make you go back through the whole level every time i'm not saying there was never a time i'm trying to think there might have been one time or, or one or two times where like you do have to go back like a tedious amount but um but I that didn't bother me so much. I thought that the that the level design sort of was a solve for that almost. Uh especially Sometimes, with these though. tubes. 
Like it, it just seemed, it just seemed kind of like scattered the, how it was applied. Yeah, and I definitely, you know, didn't hadn't even thought of it until you said this, but like, yeah, there's definitely some weird times where just like, oh, you got your objective, all right, just you're back at your base now, and then other times we have to walk all the way back, which I thought is like weird, like it's a little inconsistent, and like there was not, um, yeah, there was not like a like a, a a like mind, and like maybe one person designed one level and one person designed the other. So I, you know, I feel feel that part, but also to to address what you said at the beginning, Mike, about um, about the the floppy disks or the items that you're looking for just spawning. I also thought that that was kind of a means for them to make you talk to the person who's standing there. Like they, they would get you to talk to them and like, make sure you don't grab the, it just felt like almost like a technical reason where it's like you get here, something's going to happen. You talk to this person, then the floppy disk will appear because you've got the information. He said, here, take this, take this disk or here's my information or here's what I know. And, and, And like, yes, it's a little weird that just pops out of, thin air after you walk away a few seconds later which i did think that was weird and i I was thinking at first that would be really annoying if i missed that because i left too soon but i don't know if you noticed it actually does not ever let you leave until you pick up that flaw once you're on the disc with a with an important item it won't let you leave that screen until you pick up the disc so like you can't so in the end i feel like it was sort of weird that it was there but it didn't hurt anything because it's it, it functionally it was the same as as it being there the whole time yeah, I mean, those are all good points, uh, and I don't want to harp on this too much, but just to, to make the Metroid comparison again, it's just that in Metroid, the only reason you ever backtrack is either you're lost, which is uh, a negative reason for backtracking, but it's kind of on the player's uh, responsibility to, to not get lost in this world, so that's kind of on you, or you've acquired a new power-up that now, like, has new implications for the entire world. So as you're backtracking, you either use your new power up to your advantages or or open up new paths, right, that you previously couldn't. So you're not really backtracking so much as opening up new new doors. In the layout of these worlds, it is very segmented so that when you return to an old world, it wants you to think that like your new tricks or your new boots matter more than they really do you know like you get the magnet boots and you go back to the first stage and it just enables you to go into that one room where the uh bricks were glowing and then it like you know you have that aha moment that the magnet boots will not let you access a new area but that's like that's it and then you still have to backtrack from that after the fact so it's not it's not really opening up anything new it's just this was our way of making sure the player didn't get to this point in the level beforehand, and now they can. Whereas Metroid has like this whole, you know, world around it where you can be in one particular place, and now the power up that you receive has implications for every area you go to. This one still makes it more like I was in stage one, now I'm in stage two. Technically, I'm going back to stage one, but it's really just stage three. There's nothing new to really do from the previous part of stage one i just move forward in the level where i previously couldn't yeah i, I agree see what you're saying yeah and, I, I do see what you're saying yeah and I, I don't really like when when supposed power-ups are really just keys um i guess all the boots really are um but i i still think that if this were uh, this is preferable to just a standard like level one, level two, level three, keep going right or uh, right down left. I, I think that um, 
having to apply some kind of critical thinking to how you're progressing is just is still like a thing that um that this game benefits from um it's you know it's not a lot but i think that that adds a bit to the experience of the game and to add to that i i think that mike's point is valid but i also think that um you know it's it's a different kind of game the levels are set up differently it's not one interconnected world and so when you return to level one uh and you know you're like oh now i know exactly where i need to go you can kind of breeze through it and it's it's like it's a different feeling than returning to a new to a different area or to a new area in metroid with a power up to then explore the next area it's kind of you know, you're, it's different. It's different goals. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And it's it's almost like the these areas are not. You know, first of all, none of these levels are are like long enough, or or quite frankly, difficult enough that it like ever was really annoying for me to backtrack. And it does feel, you know, while backtrack might backtracking might get annoying sometimes too, but like it does feel a little bit like these are just like environments that you get familiar with you know it's like okay like i know that place oh, i know how to get around here it's just like instead of feeling like levels that feel they feel like places which i know is weird because it's still side scrolling but it feels like it's like i don't know weird There's weird a, yeah. analogy bear with me for a second here but like in skyrim you you backtrack <laughs> but it's like okay but you're going back to a place you've already been and and, and you're doing something differently or you're, you're 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 doing something different i know this is not really to be compared to skyrim in any way and i know that also you know that like what you're saying mike is that there's not much different to do now because of the power-ups and i get that but i, I guess for the immersion sense of it where it's like oh, okay i know this area now i have what i need i can go back and like this is a place i'm familiar with i i you yeah know, like i do feel like i've been on missions here before like while the police station isn't doesn't look like a police station, like it it's still a very uh memorable game space. So that like I I know that I it, it, every every level has these memorable areas, so that it doesn't feel like you're going from one box room to another. And Joe, I will remind you that the point of this podcast is to compare these games to Skyrim. That's so true. That is, That's that true. is very so I'm allowed. Well done. I'm allowed. Yes, <laughs> and just to connect. To connect Sam and Sean's thoughts there for a minute about, like, the level design, uh, which I'm not completely against. Remember, I didn't say these were terrible things, just just criticisms that I had. Um, It is is good that you are always, after analyzing a file, you are given the option to go anywhere and that you can choose wrong. Like, you can go to a level that you maybe, like, misinterpreted, which which I'm not quite sure, but, you know, the translation sucks at times, so it is possible (laughs) – that like you misinterpret what you're supposed to do next. Go to a older level thinking like, oh, now I have something new and discover that you don't. Right. And that's the same thing as getting lost in Metroid. Uh, so it can happen here. And that's, again, on the player. Like the game is giving you the freedom to explore all these worlds. It's not saying stage five. You know, it's not saying like, OK, stage five. You're back in uh, Egypt, and now you've got you know now you're in the pyramids, right? It doesn't it doesn't do that for you. Instead, you have to uh, make that decision. So I, I do I do like that, and I like that there's a, an ability for for freedom and to be wrong. Since we're talking so much about exploration, just a couple things about these these levels in particular. You know the size of these levels, Joe. You mentioned they weren't particularly long or difficult, but when you compare the, the size of these levels. The um, the tube system, the uh, frequency that you visit them, and also, you know, something that 
I'm not sure if these developers just like discovered this mechanic and were like, oh, well, we have to put this in this game. Nobody's doing this. But for some reason, slopes are just all over this game. The people who made this game <laughs> love slopes. And maybe it's because <laughs> Super Mario couldn't figure it out until Super Mario World. But this whole game is designed with like, you know, oh, in the future, all cities will have slopes. And um, and I don't know what that's about, but that's certainly a mechanic uh, of these levels, too, other than just the typical action platforming, because those slopes actually play off with momentum and they play off with how you um, how you traverse. So, you know, I know that's a lot to throw at you guys, but I just wanted to hear some highlights or some criticisms you have about any particular level in terms of the exploration in these levels. Uh, Sam, if you don't mind, can we start with you? Um, Sure. I mean, I to be honest, I didn't play too far into this game. I only stayed around the first level, really. Um, so my only criticisms, I guess, would be that there are, like, holes you can fall in, and then you have to, like, redo sections. But... Um, but you know, then you can you learn not to fall in the holes. So again, not the I don't have the most expertise on this. Most of my research for this was like watching speed runs and watching other people play this. Yeah, they're they're not fun. Um, that basically the the slope mechanic I think is is really great on paper. Um, it like the fact that you move faster downhill is very intuitive. Um, but uh, there, there's such a it, it's such a discrete change. Like it goes from you move at this rate to you move at this other rate, and then when you're going uphills, I think it, it's very it's a very extreme uh, change in speed. Like you are so much slower, and it makes attacking anybody up or down a hill uh, incredibly tedious. Um, and then you've got the camera issues where. It'll sort of follow you right at the edge, so you can't really see where you're going, uh, making it even more dangerous that than I think it should be, where I think it should be just like your character is centered, uh, more or less, at all times. Uh, it's it's pretty... I appreciate that they tried to do something with this, like with the level geometry and uh, like the topography of it, um, but it leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, I'll say I think the slopes, uh, I agree. I think that in, in general they're not, uh, yeah, it's like, it's nice that they tried it. Uh, they, they, I don't think that they, uh, they, that they they nailed it by any means. But I'll say that it was a little bittersweet for me at some times. Like, I hated going up slopes and, and jumping and, and, and it always taking me a second to be like, wait, why aren't I jumping as high? Why aren't I going? Yeah. And, like, it always felt, like, kind of slow and tedious. Um, I, I did sort of like the fact that if you want to get a higher jump, you can always run down slopes and use that to pick up speed and then you can jump higher. Uh, and I, I feel like that was built in a lot where you yeah. had to do that, which sometimes I'd be like, wait, why aren't I jumping? And then when I did that, I, I remember thinking a lot like, oh, this this works well, this this mechanic of of going that way. Like, I think that's the one thing about the slopes that work. Although even with that, they don't it doesn't really feel like you're speeding up, gaining momentum. It's just like you you come to understand that that's what's happening. Um, so even that's kind of flawed. I think I think those are all solid points, and I don't have too much to add, uh, except for the tubes themselves. Like, you know, I worry that they would have just instead made game the whole game just slopes, right? Where you just like the only way to scale upwards is through uh, is through these longer these longer slopes because they really 
uh, took that to advantage so often. And I thought like it was cute in the Egypt level to represent a pyramid, but it's it's kind of bizarre how frequently these slopes show up. So I don't, I'm not sure what the solution was, but the tubes seem to act as both a gateway so that you can't like freely progress through areas um you know you can only go in the particular direction that the tube has set up so if the tube has the up arrow and you jump up you will be able to go up it but you can't then crouch down and go back down it so i i guess like in some ways they just act as as warp pipe gates uh and and means of traverse that don't involve platforming but I'm also just not sure how necessary they were. They could have probably have just made these pipes exclusive to, like, removing backtracking. And then for the remainder of the level, just had made it platforming obstacles. Um, anybody have anything to add about these tubes? I, I think it might, it might not be uh, something that you feel in the actual moment-to-moment gameplay. But I think it at least provides some variety in like the level layouts, like even with the slopes, like while they may feel like garbage to actually use, they at least make levels look more interesting. And I think that's sort of the same thing with the, uh, with the tubes just being um, like changing the, uh, like like changing where things are on, like on a map um, so that you're not always just going right or left. Like you can, it, it sort of like mixes and matches, um, uh, like your, your mind map of this game. Um, I, I don't really know if I'm being entirely clear, but it, at least like aesthetically is, I feel better than, um, just moving in the same direction the whole time. I also feel like functionally they're, they they are I mean I know it's it's still just another way of removing backtracking but even on a smaller scale you'll run into a tube that you can't go through you'll go through a, a large chunk of the level maybe you run into a tube you can't go through and also a direction you want to go you know or something you want to get and you somewhere else you want to go you go through another large chunk of the level or even a small part of the level and you get what you need and you're like, oh, now I got to get back there. But now there's the other end of that tube you couldn't get into and you could ride it back to where you started. And this is this is something that I, I, I do know, like a lot of, you know, like like I know some some like 3D platformers that do like Ratchet and Clank used to always do things like that. So you wouldn't so you'd go on your adventure and it would kind of set up the way you're going to get back there. And then you get there and you're like, oh, I can get right back to where I need to get. And I don't have to do that part all over again. And I feel like the tubes do that. And then they also like lead to some interesting like uh, I won't say puzzles, but interesting ways to think about certain certain elements of the game. Like there's I remember there's one part where there's a bunch of tubes that will all let you go down but not back up. And and it's all in a row, you're standing on them no matter what and there's enemies on them, so you want to crouch. But now you have to think about like well I can't crouch here because that'll put me back down at the bottom and then I got to come back around and do it all again. That's true. And yeah, like, I forgot. There's interesting mechanics, that. maybe not as many of them as as you know as they could have done, but but I think it adds, yeah, it adds to the gameplay both like to help you and then also to present challenge in some some instances. And not to contradict my previous self, uh, I am totally in fan. I'm totally a fan of whenever these tubes remove backtracking. Uh, obviously, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying they shouldn't exist at all. I just thought it was a weird dis- decision to remove some platforming elements in favor of these tubes that just uh, you know push you. From area to area. I think a more succinct way um, for making the point that I was trying to make before is that it sort of whether or not um, the actual 
gameplay uh, changes as much and sort of like the way that Joe was saying, um, it at least makes it feel like there's a bit more verticality because having these these tubes that you can go up can also like allow for the designers to like make you be able to fall more. So it just there's there's a lot more latitude with the way they can design these level levels with that mechanic. I like the tubes. Tubes good. There you go. That's really all you need to know. Tubes tubes good. I think they're cool. Back of the box stuff right there. Yeah, the tube should have if anything, Hiru should have gotten on like a float or something, you know, like a lazy river style float <laughs> where he then goes into the tube. That that would be the only thing missing from the tubes yeah. in my opinion. I think that at the start of the game there should be one tube that takes you through the, the whole end game. Of the game. The yeah. whole game you just you just ride the tube when you get to the end and and you kick the bad guy in the face on the way out. Sounds like a Super Mario Maker level. <laughs> for, okay, so forgive me if this isn't true um, and and that we've seen this before, but I think this might be one of the first games that I've seen that really embraced the entire, uh, uh, the idea of a, uh, uh, like, the sliding, like, like power sliding, like, cool, uh, cool military guy. Uh, sliding under things and, and attacking yeah, I mean with it beats sliding. Mega Man to the punch. And yeah. Mega Man is also a Capcom game, so it's pretty surprising that uh, you know, there was something in a Capcom game before Mega Man that has his signature slide. Um, and you could do the sliding here for like, uh, you know, as long as you want to in certain areas. Right? Pretty much, like I, I've, yeah. So. Uh, agreed. Kudos to that, Sean. I don't want to go too far though into into the tricks and stuff because we haven't really talked about Hiryu really himself. A you know, well, you know what I mean. You you have to you have to learn. Okay. The the slide. You don't start with it. Okay. Fair enough, right? Uh, I just want to talk about you know the character, um, not on like a you know personality level, but just we talked about the levels he lives in, but we haven't talked about how he controls, right? And um. You know, he's got the the sword, which is, I think, called the Cypher, and it, I'm, I'm not sure if it's, like, a, a sword with uh, just, like, a normal sword or if it has, like, some kind of special electricity it's like a laser around sword. it or something. Like, yeah, it's like a laser sword. Um, all cool stuff, but he also has, you know, like, he has that going for him. He's a member of the Strider Elite class, so he has, like, some skills of his own that enemies can't perform and stuff like that. But then he also has some con- interesting ranges of movement uh in terms of his his jumping and um you know his size and 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 the scale of the levels themselves i i don't want to continue to be the guy who criticizes this game and then tells you guys how to you know like how to or what you should react to so if you don't mind joe would you just tell us your thoughts on yeah Hiryu? so so I, as far as his movement he's got a couple of a couple of things that we chat we chatted a little bit about this actually before the episode started, but there's a few things in this that me personally, I started out thinking, this is weird, it's hard to control, it doesn't work, and I'll never get the hang of it, and then ended up thinking, oh, this actually works decently well. So one being you can wall bounce, or wall bounce is the wrong term, I know that has different wall jump. meaning in like a triangle jump, yes. Triangle jump, which which allows you to, to jump off of the wall onto another wall, you know, kind of like parkour scuts parkour style and that is very finicky to try and do you you have to like hit the the a button the second time at like the exact moment 
that you're hitting the wall and changing directions on the D-pad. So it's not like a quick, like, I'll jump up there. And I, and that was very annoying to me at first. Now, and, and the other one is the sliding. It, it like, uh, so you said, Mike, that sliding is not, uh, is not you don't start with that? I don't remember getting that, but maybe I just maybe I, thought, I got it. I thought it's I the started first with thing, it. Yeah, it's the first thing you get. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay, it's maybe the, that's why. In, I in had the first to try level, it. it's like you um, you're you're introduced to a point where you then have to like you know you're like how do I get out of this? And then you gain the ability to slide through the little square uh, hole that you have. I see. Okay. Well, well, both of those things: the wall jumping, the sliding. They both feel very. They feel funky at first. I feel like, okay, like I really got to like sit here and think and I got to hold down and then the direction I want to go in and then the A button or B button, I can't remember, to slide and I got to I gotta just rapidly be tapping the, the jump button as I'm perfectly changing directions on the wall and, and that felt annoying and, and my personal experience over like the movement in this game is throughout, I just slowly like got the hang of it and it was never great, especially the wall jumping, but it was... It was doable, and and it was not anywhere near as bad as I originally thought when I when I started it. So, so I don't know if that that explains everything that we want to talk about. I don't know if someone else wants to jump in and save me with the. <laughs> I I mean I thought that jumping in general uh, was was pretty. It didn't feel great. Um, the he takes a weird arc. There's a weird floatiness to uh, the apex that it just doesn't feel like the. You have the same momentum. It feels very artificial. Um, if you jump into a wall, uh, it, you'll just sort of hang there for a second sometimes. And it's not giving, it's not there to give you a window of opportunity to jump off the wall. It's just you're interacting strangely with the level geometry. Um, and, uh, th- there are a lot of times where you have to do that wall jump thing. And it is not easy. And I was basically just, I had to use my, I had to use the um, turbo uh, to, to get it to work most of the time. And I know that, yeah, if I played it enough, I would probably find the muscle memory to do it correctly. But uh, I, I think it needed to be have like a, a slightly larger window of opportunity to do that. I didn't have as much of an issue with sliding. Um, uh, it, 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 it's, it was, wasn't as hard to do, um, and it's not always necessary um, to do it. Um and I think like your movement speed has some really weird variations again with slopes. And I think slopes sort of play into how this character feels in general because there just are so many of them. Uh, so, uh, at least the attacks are like, there's no, that those feel tight. Um, even though range feels a little, uh, short at times, but in all, I think that this character doesn't feel the greatest to control. Yeah, and I really do think that comes down to the jump. And I, I don't even want to harp on the trial triangle jump because that is something that you can kind of, if you could just get to the point where you learn the high jump. I mean, I know it's like level five, so it takes a long time. But like, if you can just make it through one or two, like, you know, you're not, you're not triangle jumping for an infinite amount, right? It's not like you have to constantly be bouncing off the walls. It's just like you get to these points where you're like, huh. I, I can't really progress any further because my jump doesn't reach these next things. And then you find out about the triangle jump and you, you just basically have to bounce off one wall and it gives you enough height to then get to the next one. It's not like you have to bounce, 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 bounce. So it's not, it's, it's not preventing progress or anything. I, I really feel like they shouldn't have even done it though, if we're being honest, because it's not, 
it's not tight enough. Um, it's not, it's not as consistent enough even, you know, because it's not something where there's wiggle room on when you perform the next jump action because it requires such precision. It can, it can be one of those things that just stalls up gameplay similar to backtracking where, you know, you're doing it eight or nine times before you successfully land it. And then once you successfully do it, it's like, cool, I don't have to worry about that for a little bit anymore. But just the fact that you even have to worry about it is a little annoying. It's not an enemy. It's you. <sighs> you should be able to do these things. The, the game is not a particularly challenging platforming game, but that's besides the point. The actual jump problem I have, and I, I don't know if this is just limited to my copy or whatever. I didn't see anything really talking about this too much online the jump has a weird thing where it like holds you in place yeah sometimes that's what i was talking it, about with like getting stuck on level geometry with the okay weird, yeah. great yeah i'm glad i'm not the only person who experienced this because i feel like that is the stuff that actually bothered me and i think that has to do with you know the way they were designing these levels and maybe the reason why they had so many slopes and stuff like that is just like it's almost like you hit your head on an invisible block in Super Mario Brothers, you know, where like you're jumping and then you just aren't like you're you're either frozen in place or you just go right back down. You don't make a full jump. I was fine with the the speed of the character, the 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 attacks of the character, even all the tricks you learn are, are good things that give you that eventual range. Right. Like your your initial weapon is kind of like the shortest stick you have. Right. But like it still works. And then every trick just makes it more powerful than the the cipher that you were given. But the way that the character jumps, which, again, because this has platforming elements and requires some triangle jumping early on, it doesn't leave a pleasant experience, in my mind, with how, um, with how the actual character is compared to the level designs, which I actually thought the level designs were fair if the character behaved more like a... Um, a Ryu from Ninja Gaiden or a Mega Man, uh, you know, another, another Capcom game. You know, it's not impossible for them to pull this off. It just feels like they made him a little trickier for, for no particular reason. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, Joe, you'll have some reasons to, to defend this. But I just feel like that overall, these things only hold back the the pro the, the the speed of progress and the overall gameplay i never felt like it was the enemies holding me back i felt like it was myself i i okay so i you, you're on to me i do i do have i do have a i do and i don't have a defense uh my so i so i i i agree with the jumping uh for me it felt maybe not quite as much what you're describing but for me it felt like a lot of times when i would jump the best way i can describe it is that the gravity was really low for the first part of my jump, and then somewhere in the middle of my jump, the gravity got turned up really high and yanks me back down. Like, it felt like, like a, yeah, my, my jump was being interrupted, or, or like just, the physics didn't look right to the way it should be, and, and that would confuse me at first. My, my, my defense is, is that just simply that I, I didn't think it was bad enough to really hinder my experience. Like, I got used to that pretty quick, and like, Similar to what you said about the the um, the wall jumping, like it's it's never like that needed. Like obviously this is a platforming game, but it never feels like you need like super precise platforming. It seems more just like I got to decide which platform to jump to. And there were times where it would feel like oh I can't make it up high enough to this. But those are the times where I felt like I used the downward slopes to 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 give me momentum. 
Um, so yeah, there were there were definitely instances, even without like a slope present, where I felt like, why can't I get up here? Forget it. I'm just going to use my my jump power up. But for me, there were few enough and far enough between that it it didn't stand out to me as a major flaw. It felt pretty. I I definitely felt it more than that. Like it, it affected my enjoyment um, enough uh, for me to to say like this is part of why I I didn't have fun at this point. Um, but I can also understand that like you got used to it, um, and that's totally valid. Yeah, I just think the things that got me the most, I think, that took me out of it were. Sometimes you jump and it's fine, and sometimes you come right back down, which I don't it's think we when you're jumping near about. a wall. Yeah, 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 and that I don't know. That's especially annoying because you're trying to uh, when you're trying to like triangle jump or wall jump or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, it just messes you up even more than it normally would. So things like that made it extra janky. I thought. Yeah, and to be clear, you know, me that the, the good way to sum it up is yeah, that I got used to it. But you know, I I admit that me getting used to it still does not make it good game design. It just means I got used to the bad part, you know, the bad element of it. <laughs> um, right, right. You learn how to be that character. Right. Yeah. Well, I I totally understand that. I mean, you know, that that's with any game too is like you know, you think about modern game design and you know, Joe, you, we always have to reference Kingdom Hearts whenever we of can. But, like, when you play as Sora, right, like, you find the exploits to, like, the thing that works best for your kind of system, and you play those to your advantage. Like, it's not necessarily the game, the way the game intended you to be Sora, but, like, that's how you play the character. It's the same thing here, right? Like, the jump isn't perfect, but if you can figure it out and work around it, right, then, like, that's how you play the game, you know? Right. All right, so Sean, let's move into your section. You wanted to talk about the tricks. You were you were already talking about it the wasn't sliding, a trick. Which I know it's I was not a talking trick. About but the I character will, movement, Mike. Okay, well, I will tell you right now that the slide in is definitely something that you acquire. I can say that with fact. So I am just confused <laughs> on what a trick is versus anything else in this game because the boots aren't tricks, but you still acquire them. So the tricks is just limited to something that is a a thing, a different thing on the menu that uh, expels energy. Right? It requires <laughs> energy for you to uh, to for you to use the tricks, whereas the slide in and the boots do not require energy to be used. Probably for the best. Uh, I would hate to find out I don't have enough energy to slide. Uh, sliding is. Uh, in some scenarios, less effort than walking, right? That's why baseball players slide into home plate. It's less effort. Um, <laughs> that's a joke. Uh, anyway, Otherwise, they would Jesus walk. <laughs> <laughs> the, the tricks here uh, are, are the power-ups for, for a, um, you know, a, new, a new term on power-ups, right? Why call them power-ups when you can call them tricks? I like that. I don't. Um, I think it sounds silly. Like we're, like we're playing the, like Tony Hawk or something. Okay, but he's not a superhuman, right? He's just a member of Strider. So these are just well. Like if you read the manual, Mike, learned. a member of Strider that is C grade. We're not even talking A plus. Like hear you. Apparently, okay, a C wait, grade, grade Strider. Was... Hold on, a C grade Strider has the fighting capability of a team of Navy SEALs. It says this in the manual. So he's a super A. And he can, like, conjure fire and has a laser sword. I'd say he's superhuman. 
Okay, what level of soldier was Cloud? <laughs> I was just okay, make- well, here's the thing. He's that this is a different world. <laughs> uh, right, right, right. So soldiers and Strider, who would win in a fight? Let us know on Twitter. Who would win in a fight? <laughs> well, I mean, Cloud can summon Bahamut Zero, so Cloud. Yeah, but, yeah, but you know how, how he works in like those those death battle YouTube videos, like you know they would they would take that summon away from him or something. Yeah, like they'd find a they would they would remove all that stuff. Anyway, right, your so question about uh, <laughs> power up tricks. Uh, yes, yes. I didn't use them. Like I used jump when I needed to, like to make it a super jump for a short amount of time, and I used medical to heal when I needed to. Uh, but I didn't use anything else. I, I thought that they were useless otherwise. Interesting. I I. I largely in most of the levels didn't use them either, but I definitely found use times where I was like fighting one of those like mini bosses that sort of stops you. And a lot of those times I found that it was easier to use either fire or spark, I think was the one. And then yeah. there was another one ground that you got later that was very helpful. If, there, if I just didn't feel like dealing with something or I was, didn't want to uh, hurt my remaining health that I used. But yeah, other than that, um, it was mostly using the cipher but but I did find some uses for the for most of the tricks. For the tricks themselves, like if you just want to go through the list, a lot of them are attack based. You know, there's the the fire, the spark, um, the the there's a ground one that I don't remember using, but it says causes flying to crash to the ground. I don't I don't even know what that is. That I mean, there are there are flying enemies, I imagine that makes Oh, them... causes flying enemies, got it. Yeah. You know, this whole translation thing, wild. <laughs> uh anyway, um you know, some of them are attack based, but it's not that I didn't find them useful. It's that the the overall enemies of this game are not particularly difficult. Some take more hits, but they don't necessarily um require any like precision movements or like Things that uh, make them like more uh, challenging. I reserved my energy when possible to use something like Spark against boss fights, uh, you know, which is or even mini boss fights. Just moments where it was like, cool, you know, I've got like 10 or 15 energy. Three Sparks will probably take this guy out. So why not just use them there? And I appreciated that. We haven't really seen games where... um your your power-ups matter in like a meaningful way where it's like hey you could do like three of this attack and it'll it'll or most of the for the most part one of this attack and it will outright kill these guys <laughs> yeah i mean i guess like i i don't know i just didn't see them as uh be- because i could play the game without without it at all and it, and it didn't really feel like it was helping me all that much because all the enemies are 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 pretty easy, and even the mini bosses are are pretty easy to like once you because they have a very basic rhythm. Like it, it it takes more time to go into the menu, have the the menu render on the screen, select what you want to select, and then go back to the game and use it. I would I would just prefer to to just hit them enough times. I I don't know. It I felt like it was a a pretty lazily uh, implemented power-up system where I don't agree that uh, that um, it felt like it mattered. Okay, that's a good point because, you know, the tricks, if we're comparing them, and I'm not saying we all are, I'm just saying I, I made the Metroid reference earlier. So if you're comparing them to games like that, right, where, like, now they're supposed to change 
how the how you see the world, right, and stuff like that. They don't really do that. No, they don't. You know, they 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 just make fighting a little easier, or they make traversal a little easier. You know, that warp one finally makes it. I mean, granted, it's thirty energy points, but like it makes it so this way you can just warp. That should be your to favorite one. Level. Yeah, be my favorite one. There you go. Um, these things are are just, you know, it's weird, right? I don't want to, I don't want to like say they're cheats or anything, but they kind of diminish the gameplay a little bit because it's already pretty easy to fight these enemies with the sword, so they just make them easier to beat the enemies. And then the other ones, like the jump, just make it this way. You don't have to, you don't have to use the triangle jump. You can just use your high jump, and the uh, medical one just makes it this way. Like, I mean, like, pills are given out pretty frequently. Yeah. So you don't, like, have to manage your health too much. But, hey, if you're, like, not expending your energy and you know you're about to come up to a bigger fight or you're worried about your health, like, okay, time to use uh, the medical one to restore 50 hit points or eventually later on 100 hit points. Like, you know, that's why I kind of, like, liken them to cheats because in some ways they're they're too powerful. <laughs> They are. They are too powerful when you're talking about regular enemies. But I think that the the solve for that is for you know, for a large part of the game, let's say you have let's say you have fifty energy. And to do one you know, thing it costs five, you know, I are you really just gonna like are you really just gonna use this thing ten times just to kill ten enemies? Or like you said, like are you gonna save it for when it's going to matter? Like, yeah, you can kill ten enemies with it, and you could also kill those ten enemies almost just as easily with your cipher but at least for the for for me i know that like the the enemies like it just comes down to your your play style but for me the the bosses they did help me so i was like yeah i have no reason to use these in the battle but it's nice to have them for the boss battle and it felt like at least it wasn't like oh yeah you have it costs one energy to do one of these so i could i can use a hundred of these right now <laughs> like and then it's like yeah i can just go through the whole level using it but i, I do have to think about that like Okay, I get 50 energy. I want to at least use 30 to heal. And then I, you know, I'm going to have 20 left. So I'm really only going to have four shots with this. So like, I got to think about like how I want to use them. So like, that's why I thought, that's where I thought their value came in. Well, the worst thing they could do is just be like, no, there, you never gain any power ups, right? Like, um, that would be strange. So I'm, I'm not sure what I'm advocating for or against here. Uh, I just, Overall, they didn't seem to matter that much to me. So, like, yeah, they're here, um, and they're useful in certain scenarios, not all scenarios. Uh, the energy bar is just something that I didn't really pay too much attention to. And, you know, who knows? I didn't beat this game. So maybe, like, in the later levels, energy is something you're constantly managing, and you have to hope that you get some pills to, to restore it. And you have to hope that you... Um, you know, don't have to rely on medical to heal yourself because you really need the ground power up to take down these flying enemies. Like, I th- I, I think the, those are things that can happen. The, well, the way I would describe this is the the combat in this game needed a bit more depth to justify the the kind of power ups that are like that are given to you. Uh, another example is at at one point your cipher gains the ability to shoot a projectile, but um, once again, most of the enemies are pretty easy. So, uh, like I would, it, it would be cool to use it uh, if it didn't take five seconds to to power up. But because 
it is so easy to kill a lot of these guys. Like, why would I wait five seconds to kill it with a projectile from my cipher? It just seems like there really isn't much balance thought about. Like, the game needs to be harder, and some of the things need to be tweaked for a lot of this to really work, in my opinion. Yeah, and and you know, my defense a second ago was was really just a way of saying like this is the part of it that works. But I but I completely agree that it it, it could you know it, it should be that you know the, these power ups really make you view the levels differently and, mm-hmm. and and change make you feel more powerful and make you feel like a you know like you have a new ability throughout the whole game like not just to save them so like yeah i agree with that might be the first game i can think of in recent memory that like exploring it is harder than fighting the enemies inside of it <laughs> oh yeah 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 exactly You know, the biggest thing that we haven't talked about yet, we've talked about the presentation of the game and the levels and backtracking and just the the world that you live in. But we didn't talk about the story that Strider is telling. And, you know, I feel like it's telling a pretty interesting story with a really bad translation, if that makes sense. But the the overall story... I was invested in, you know, I mean, it's got that dystopian future thing. It's got that whole like backstabbing. um, Who do you believe? uh, Secret organization has another secret organization. It had a lot of twists and turns to it. And you revealed this information only through either the manual or through the floppy disks that you analyze. So, you know, the story is limited, but. It's engaging enough that uh, even though I didn't beat the game, I was curious enough to like read through the rest of the plot. Even just the idea of the Striders organization, right? These like high tech ninja operatives, and that you know the vice director is telling you to kill another Strider because he's been captured. Like that's a um, a convincing like start of the game that's like exciting enough that's not like super generic right it's not the world is under attack you have to you're the only one who can save us it's hey your friend has been kidnapped so kill him <laughs> yeah and i think like that didn't this also sort of have a manga associated with it that was sort of developed at the same time you're thinking of mongolia yeah. which is where he lives oh yes uh, i think it's kazakhstan no doesn't he live in mongolia Maybe in the, he like retired. <laughs> oh yeah, the, in the you're he right. Retired re- to Mongolia, Magnolia. and then Magnolia. When they tried to get him back yeah. in the game, and he was hesitant, they told him that they would kill random Mongolians until <laughs> until he decided wow. to join. I think that's in the manual. I don't remember the killing random Mo- Mongolians, but I'm gonna believe you because I think that a lot of uh, the story is like. Like, this isn't as um, incomplete as, like, maybe Rambo or, uh, like, uh, what's the word? The the episode 13, Golgo 13, um, where it seems like it's it's skipping over a lot. I I think this is a bit more cohesive or coherent, um, but it does have a lot of plot. You're right. And it does 
sort of take you from plot point to plot point, but that's pretty much it. Like, I don't know why we care about Kane. Like, yes, he's your friend. Um, these are, this is sort of like a, uh, a criticism of a, of a more recent game, I think, where like it, it would have the opportunity to explain why, uh, all these things matter. Uh, but I do appreciate that it's there. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it's definitely in the, in top tier, NES stories, um, which is a pretty low bar, but it's no schoon. It's, it's there. It's no schoon. True. <laughs> no schoon. No, um, no Ninja Gaiden either, though, right? Like, there's yeah. no, there's no, um, it's not presentationally well done. It's just a a cool story that keeps you kind of like in the moment to moment gameplay, like a reason to push forward and go back to the worlds or, or go to the next place. Like they, they give you the explanation for what's happening story-wise rather than just, I got this new stuff, so I got to go check it out. You know, Metroid kind of had that problem, right? Like all the storytelling is just told through uh, the boss fights, I guess. I mean, I kind of like the, I kind of like the, <laughs> the, um, the, the cutscenes, like the beginning cutscene and uh, right. a couple more like spread out. Um, so I wouldn't say that presentationally it's bad, but it's just it, it does not have enough time to to tell much of a story. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that like every every element of the story that they're trying to tell is interesting, but really, really simply done. And like yeah. I think it's that simplicity that that maybe makes it feel like a little, in some ways, a little underwhelming. Like I want more from this story, but I do think that what's there versus it not being there makes so much difference in like how much style this game has. Like yeah. that's what that's what it adds for me is, is like Mike was saying is like I love that you're like oh you're this like mercenary organization that's like dispatched out of a satellite yeah. to different countries or something. Like I'm interested in that. I yeah, I wish there could be more story on this NES game, but like you know, it, it's it's definitely like the the outline of a really good story. So like it both leaves me excited and also disappointed that like i couldn't get more but but yeah it's like the simplest version of everything they try to do it reminds me a little bit of like the story in contra how it's like oh it's like bad guys but also aliens you know and <laughs> aliens yeah. <did. laughs> yeah yeah and you kind of like experience the story through boss fights and stuff but also just kind of through the environment a little bit um just in a way um, not like super reminiscent of it, but no, I think you're right. Uh, and the 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 discs that you get are sort of just that, like the 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 most basic flavor text you can get to at least give you a bit more context. Yeah. <laughs> and I did find the in the manual. It's right in the middle of it. Maddock ordered Hiryu to destroy his friend Kane and threatened to start slaughtering the Mongolians if Hiryu refused. Oh, so he didn't actually do it, but he threatened. No, he threatened. Yeah. He would have done it. Make no mistake. <laughs> Maddox is ruthless. He's a real asshole. Um, speaking of Metroid, um, you know, because this is a whole thing with, like, there's these uh, I feel like enemies. Mike's the only one talking about Metroid right now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, yeah. I know, the one guy who didn't put it on the Essential Games list. <laughs> you know, the mind control weapon in this game is codenamed Zane, and then the final boss of this game is Mother Zane, and that's not really too far off from Mother Brain. <laughs> it's the other end of the alphabet. <laughs> but you've got to appreciate the um the epilogue of the game too, where uh I don't know if they were going for like 
you know, it's not shocking or anything, but it is like a different kind of game where, you know, he quits. He's like, he's like, I'm done with Strider. I'm done with the world. Like, I, he throws his sword and he's just like, I'm, uh, I'm not fighting anymore. And I thought that was like, you know, a different take for a video game character, right? They could have easily have just been like, he will return in Hero 2 yeah. or, you know, Strider 2. <laughs> yeah, that is the most, uh, the most committed to saying there's not going to be a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> Unless um, there is. Also, no, there, there, there is. Don't worry. We'll get to sequels and spinoffs. Um, passwords, though, have the best presentational value. I don't know if you guys tried this out at all. I did. But, you know, each time that you put in a password, you know, wherever you left off, the game ends uh, with a brief description of, uh, of like, you know, what's happened so far. Next and, time on uh, Dragon Ball Z. Right, exactly. It's like I, I'm a fan of that. The fact that they thought of all the different um, types of passwords and scenarios you might wind up into, and then uh, telling the story based on that—that that's crazy. They even name it like the next episode, like it has a name. Um, yeah, it reminds me of yeah. Ninja Gaiden doing it with like you know the each act being its own thing, and then that was like the end of the episode. Then they'd set up the next episode. Yeah, fun stuff. I have a quick note here on the box art. Um, it's the same guy who did the box art for Tenjin Tetris with all the Soviet Union stuff. So uh, if you don't know what the box art for Strider looks, it's probably um, the art for the podcast episode at the moment. And uh, the Soviet Union apparently at the you know has nothing to do with the game, obviously, but like at the time it was close to the collapse or whatever. And this is just like the visual inspiration for what is known as the enterprise with the, you know, the mind control weapon Zane and all that. Um, I just thought it, if anything, like the, the takeaway for me was just that like the guy from Tenjin Tetris has a thing for like Soviet union iconography. Um, but other than that, also just weird to see any kind of Soviet union references in a game that takes place in a dystopian future where they don't exist. <laughs> On the sequels and spinoffs, uh, as I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, the arcade game was developed at the same time, but it is a completely different game. The arcade version was a level-to-level based game where you just had to get to the end of the level and then move forward. Um, in the um, in the arcade game, it's like a, it's a different story. It's as very well. impressive looking. Yeah, very impressive looking too, and um, you know a lot more a lot more reliant on the combat, whereas in this game was more. Uh, about exploring the worlds and all that. Uh, you know, just a big difference. But Strider 2, Roman numeral 2, <laughs> was a European-developed sequel to Strider without Capcom, without Nintendo systems. So it was just like a different team being like, we want to make a sequel to Strider. And they did. And they also kind of made Strider 2 twice. So there's like... Strider Roman numeral 2 for computers, and then there's another version for Genesis. And apparently that Genesis version is very well regarded. But that's not the only instance of Strider 2. So forget that they made Strider Roman numeral 2 twice. They also (laughs) made Strider 2. 
in like Strider as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Strider two, uh, number two instead of Roman numeral two. Mm. This one is made by Capcom in 1999. It came out uh, for the arcade and for the PlayStation, and it is set two thousand years after Strider. So <laughs> what I would imagine is four thousand and forty-eight. Um, and I don't know why they had to go so far ahead. Like the dystopian future of 2048 already looked pretty futuristic, but it's the same villain. And again, <laughs> it's a clone of the main character. So why even bother? Like just make it <laughs> yeah. the same character or whatever. I guess they really wanted to commit. No, this is not to the- plausible unless it's 2000 years into the future. Yeah. Right, and because we all know that he quit being a, a member of Strider at the end of Strider 1, so there's no way he would ever return to work. That's just unfathomable. Not in a thousand years, he said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then you have Strider, uh, no numbers whatsoever, in 2014, uh, which is a reboot of this NES game, but for the PS3 360 generation. It oh, is wow. two point, It's 2.5D. So it's not like a, a 3D action adventure exploration Ninja Gaiden-esque game. Ninja Gaiden being the Xbox games. It's not like that at all. It's basically like this version of Strider with a little more story fleshed out and a little more gameplay and obviously a lot longer. Are there as many slopes? <laughs> there it's are slopes slope. in it's the game. Slope. I can confirm that. I That's can't confirm good. the number of slopes, but I was excited <laughs> to see them there. Of course... You know, in uh, 2014, they had figured out slopes a little better. Super Mario World had really fleshed out the idea of what slopes could do in terms of platformers. And that's really it for Strider. Uh, there is an unofficial sequel to Strider known as Osman, which uh, was a 1996 arcade Osman? game. Osman, O-S-M-A-N, not Assman. <laughs> okay. um, and it's it's only an unofficial sequel in the sense that it is... All of the guys who worked on um, Strider for the NES, or, or maybe for the arcade, actually. Don't quote me on that. But they left Capcom. They're no longer uh, working for there. So they're like, hey, what if we made a game that was like Strider? Doesn't take any of the plot elements, obviously, but just is is in that same vein. And they made Osman. So uh, people itching for more Strider can, uh, can always check that out. Of course, he's also in... Every Marvel vs. Capcom game. He's in a ton of fighting games, for that matter. So that's probably where people know him more than this this obscure NES game, right? Is like they probably know him as the guy who has the. um, He's got like a bandana over his face, uh, you know, like the like a way a cowboy wears it, and um, he's got a large sword. Uh, That's probably how people know him in the Marvel vs. Capcom games, rather than Strider. But he's also in the Japanese only. Tactical role-playing game Namco X Capcom instead of, you know, Marvel or anybody else. Uh, which is a damn shame that we don't have this game, right? Like, it's a, it's not a fighting game. It's Japanese only. It requires so much knowledge of Japanese uh, language. And yet, we'll never know how the Namco and Capcom characters uh, got involved together because it was never ported to English. <laughs> huh. Did you expect that much from the sequels and spinoffs? I I, so. I did not. I also don't remember Strider from. I mean, I guess I didn't play too much Marvel versus Capcom, but I'm looking at screenshots now, and it's not ringing any bells. So, I guess that's just one of my blind spots. I see. I feel like I recognize Strider, so I was waiting for this sequels and spinoffs to see like where else. But none of those things would I really have recognized them from. I must have just 
you know, must just be in the like the zeitgeist. And I and I saw it somewhere. But like, okay, so that bandana thing that I was describing over his mouth uh, is part of like his cape, I imagine, from the pictures I'm looking at. But that's just not in this version. So I feel like they just don't like this NES version, even though they put like a lot of effort into it and developed it like it's a completely original game alongside the arcade game. But I feel like they just said like, okay, this is what it is and it sold okay, but like we care more about the arcade version than the nes version and we're never going to speak of the nes version again well the arcade version was like what made it famous right like that's what everyone remembers that's the one that's like that's yeah i think so and and the sega the sega genesis version of it specifically is like the version that is considered like one of those reference points of like wow an arcade game that was ported to a console and actually plays like how i remember the arcade game you know other than yeah I know some people do that with, like, Street Fighter 2 as well, but, uh, you know, still the arcades had, like, a leg up on those things. But that's pretty cool to hear that, you know, and granted, the Sega Genesis is a 16-bit console as opposed to the 8-bits of the NES. But nevertheless, if you want to check out Strider, you don't, the arcade version, you don't need to find it at the arcades. You can just find a copy on Sega Genesis and and call it a day. We're going to call it a day, but not so quickly We have one big thing to do. We've done it 199 times, and we're going to do it for the 200th right now. It's a little thing we're building called the Essential Games List. Joe, you first. All right. Well, it's no, it's no um, secret that I'm that I really liked this game. It was I've been pretty high on it. Um, It gave me, it gave me the same type of feeling that I had when we played. um, Of course, now I'm forgetting the name. When we played, <laughs> drum roll. <laughs> Give me a second. I know what game I'm talking about. I was just thinking about it. We mentioned it, Rygar. When we played Rygar, and I loved Rygar. Um, and, and the reason it gives me that that feeling is a because it's like this bite sized experience, but also it's an adventure. It's a it's it feels like the just the progress and the adventure of it feel really good, and. I like the 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 game design. I like what they tried to do with the motion. Yes, they fell short sometimes. Um, but I think like even the the story that's incorporated in it, it makes me want to like get in and complete it. It makes me feel like um like a reason to do that. And I also think that yes, it's it's a little bit of an easy game, I think, compared to most of these these NES games. But it's still an NES game. It's still you know, it's still going to give you a little bit of challenge. It's still, I think it's the perfect like bite size. Like, hey, I'm going to play this in a couple of in a couple of sit downs, and like and and beat this game. And I don't know. I I I feel like I'm rambling a little bit. I just had a lot of fun with this game, and I'm going to give it an essential vote. That is one essential vote because Sam is here. Hey, it does need three votes. Usually, it just needs two. Sam, hey. you are next. I enjoyed this game as well. I thought that it has a lot that's going, you know, a lot going well for it. Um, I like how you have to revisit places. And, um, you know, I like the story. Uh, I, I like how each level is, like, kind of a maze, but not, you know, not like you get crazy lost in it kind of a maze. But for me, the... 
the controls and the just like how easy enemies come down and like you know how easily you can defeat enemies and the jankiness of the controls prevent it from like really being that like essential experience i think i think it's a really good game but i wouldn't say it's essential all right strider cannot suffer one more no sean it's up to you and if not me then you but um so strider love the presentation gone over it a billion times now i i love the home base i uh i i appreciate of uh, the, the skeleton of the story that we got uh it's a very good looking game uh i all of the levels feel unique uh and no screen really looks exactly the same um there's some cool power stuff that you can do uh combat is okay but the 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 way that this character controls is is really it it's what it all comes down to i think if this felt a bit smoother and there was just a bit more to the combat uh along with like making making battles harder or not battles but making fighting harder but making moving easier i think that this would be an essential game but it doesn't, so it's not. I'm, I'm removing it from contention with a non-essential vote. And I'll just add to that, this won't be a game that I'll be going back to. Uh, I think I criticized it enough throughout the episode. It, I mean, it has a lot of like bright spots, but again, we're all talking about the same reasons for why it won't be on here. Uh, I won't look for another reason to bring Metroid up, but... You know, <laughs> that one isn't getting a vote from me on the essential games list. Certainly this one isn't. Uh, in some ways, you could view Strider as a Metroidvania, a, a, a different take on it for sure. It's not it's not exactly following that formula, but it's doing whatever a Metroidvania is supposed to do. It's almost doing it in a very roundabout way where like you can explain it, but it takes a really long time to understand it and it's not quite working as well as it should. And the overall like gameplay moment to moment isn't as fun as it could be. So why would that kind of game go on my list? And that's the kind of question I'm asking every week. Why would this game go on my list? So yes, Strider's not making it, but Joe, we appreciate your essential vote. We appreciate everybody who has the courage to say, Yes, but we also appreciate those who say no. It's, it's, a, it's a good balance. Yes and no, good balance. There can only be yes and no. We don't allow Yeah, maybe. there's no in-betweens. We're not done yet, though, with the big celebration of the 200th episode. I believe that Joe has prepared uh, a little special trivia that we are hoping everybody can play along in. Uh, it requires 200 episodes worth of knowledge, <laughs> but we're sure most of you are in on this ride. Joe, do you want to explain this little trivia game you've uh, set up for us here? Yeah, so I got a little a little game for us to play. Uh, we're gonna do we're gonna do some trivia to to celebrate the uh, the 200th episode. We're gonna look back and do some trivia, mostly on who said it and what episode was it set in. So what, I think that what did some we of say? these, yes, of the four of us, <laughs> okay. So I think some of these things might you might might be easy based on the context. Some of them might be I don't know. We'll see. Some of them might be kind of tough. Um, I also have a couple of bonus questions at the end, but uh, I, I was trying to think on how we should do it, 
And my first thought was to have each of you privately message me your answer so you don't hear each other's answers and I can and I can tally it up that way. But I I think it'd be more interesting to hear you guys work together, to hear you guys discuss <laughs> and converse. So instead, I think that uh yeah, you guys are all on a team and out of a possible point a possible thirty points, I want to see how many points you can get. And to give you something to work against, I contacted friend of the show. Mark Pasqualato, who we've, who I've <laughs> generally worked with a lot on Duck Hunt and, and anytime I needed a Zapper game and a lot of other games that, uh, that require two players. He's always, he's always been, been down to help. He listens a lot. So he, he, he's not heard every episode. So you guys have definitely an advantage. He's heard a lot of episodes and he was able to take this quiz. And I'll tell you that out of 30 points, he got 12 right. Wow. So wow. I'll say that. You know, I I know that that he is he is behind on the podcast. I know that he 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 needs, I think, quite a bit of a handicap, especially because he's not on the podcast and he hasn't heard all the episodes. So I think <laughs> I, I'm going to require that you guys beat him by five in order to win. We need to get seventeen. So okay. you need seventeen out of thirty. I hope points. we get one. <laughs> I hope so. Too. I don't know if I will. Now, I've got I've got I, like wet brain and all that fun <laughs> stuff. So. I've weighted the question the the answers a little differently. So I'll tell you the point value of each answer as I do it, but. <laughs> To jump right into it, question number one. Somebody said, it's a real love letter to ducks. For one point, <laughs> what episode was that set on? A love letter to ducks. You know, that's it's got to be a zapper game. Um, I, I feel this has to be a trick question because the... Ob- no, it's not duck hunt. It's not duck it hunt. Okay. What's the one with the grenades? Oh, uh, where you wait? You can still shoot ducks. I don't know. I feel like I need a. I need a hint. I don't know. No uh, love letter to ducks. Hold was on. it Operation Wolf? What was the Operation Wolf is a game. Um. Oh, you know what? That is that is a good call. It's either Operation Wolf or Freedom Force in my mind. Uh, yeah. Because again, both of them are. Zapper I'm gonna games. go with Operation Wolf on this. I don't know who I, said I'm it. I'm feeling. Though. I'm I'm feeling Freedom Force though. I don't know. I, I, I a love letter to ducks isn't like so recent. <laughs> And Operation Wolf is a lot more recent than Freedom Force was. I agree. I think I'd say Freedom Force. Okay. I hate that, like, Sean... No, but I hate that Sean said that he has wet brain and that he's going to wind up being right, you know? Like, it's going to be like... And then we're going to have to trust him for the rest of the, the trivia. But, yeah, I think I think we're going to say Freedom Force. Okay. Well, I wanted the first question, you know, to, to be a simple one. So I think you guys might have overthought it a little bit. The answer... <laughs> Is Duck Hunt. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> okay. Um, Who said it? Well, now that's for one more point. Who said it? <laughs> Who's, well, that was Joe. Okay. That, no, no, no. Well, no, I mean, I mean, you know, say it, but like, you know, I want to talk about it, but like, I think that, you know, Joe is the one. I, I, who, I don't feel like it was Joe. I feel like it was Sam. I, it sounds like something I would say, but I don't remember saying it. I don't. Ooh, yeah, I don't remember saying it either. Love lettered, but also, it, well, Duck Hunt was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. It's not really Joe's humor. A love letter to ducks. Joe's not really that funny. <laughs> uh, it's funny because of all the quotes that I've come here, I feel like mine are the least. I didn't find any good funny quotes for me. Next time, <laughs> next time I'll go find the funnier quotes. Yeah, maybe it is Sam. Then in that case, I'll, I'll say me. I was like, this sounds like something I would say. Final answer. Final. Final answer. answer. So I did want this one to be a little trickier. I knew you would think it was me, but it is not me. <laughs> However, if you remember episode four, 
Sam was not present on the oh. Duck Hunt episode. Oh, oh my, my goodness. Oh, the answer okay. was Sean. I said it was Sean. a love letter to ducks. You said it was a love letter to ducks, and I thought that was really funny because you were <laughs> – I think you were responding to something I was saying because I was very high on Duck Hunt. Um, wow. You could say I Duck mean, Hunt was the original I would be curious to know, did, is that one of the ones Mark got right? Uh, Mark got the game correct, but who said it wrong? He also said Sam. Oh, no, I think he said you, Mike. Okay. I, I would never say a love letter to Ducks, Mark. Let's be real. <laughs> Mark thought because I didn't specifically say a love letter to Ducks to him, it couldn't be me. <laughs> got it. Got it. Okay, well, what's next? What, what do you got? All right, question two. Still, well, well, I'll tell you this. It's still about Duck Hunt, so no points available there. Who said, should I play Duck Hunt when I have access to Life is Strange? <laughs> That's, I know that this one. Like I'm gonna let that's you. Gotta, yeah. That's got to be me. That's, that's You're definitely not Mike. Mike. Strange. Final answer. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is Mike. <laughs> I actually. <laughs> that is one of the only lines I remember from that show. <laughs> I thought that was also very funny. Okay, number three. You're getting dangerously close to a DDR. By dangerously, I don't mean negatively. It's the rare positive form of dangerous. Who said Whoa. that, or what episode? So let's start with um, what episode for one point. Okay, well, um, there was there were games that we called like rhythm games. Yes, yeah. Um, I think that is Mike Tyson's Punch Out, um, the DDR thing. Um, that's just my opinion. That sounds and, familiar. And he, you know, like I, I feel like it's a trick to think because you know we were in our own heads here. We were thinking that it was a different Zapper game than Duck Hunt. I feel like. Um, it wouldn't be one of the power pad games where we always talked about DDR, and that's why I'm thinking, similar to Sam's point about rhythm games, I was always calling Mike Tyson's Punch-Out a rhythm game. Yeah, yeah. this, I, this I one I'm completely stumped on right now, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with you guys. Okay, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. It was dance aerobics, power pad <laughs> game, DDR. <laughs> you know? Damn it. We're so bad, we're in our own heads here. <laughs> okay, and who said it for one point? You're getting dangerously close to a one. DDR. By dangerously, I don't mean negatively. It's the rare positive form of dangerously. Well, Sean, it's either you or me. I, that I sounds like a Sean. I wasn't I don't there know for this one, what the think. context of that is. Like a dangerous DDR. I, I, I feel like it's me, but would he really pick two quotes that are me back to back? Maybe that's what he wants me to think. Um, yeah, I feel like that's a me thing. You that's know? a like, you we're thing. Getting... Yeah, okay, me. It was me. <laughs> oh. I've said these, some of these like i feel like are just almost impossibly hard so uh yeah no this is fine it's funny though to, to think about how little we know our own show <laughs> okay new game if yeah i mean you know it's not it's not the uh, dance aerobics again if you say vroom loud enough you might think you are racing <laughs> uh okay maybe Art no, because you actually are racing an RC pro am. What about Rad Racer? Rad. Yeah, Rad Racer. I was thinking and, and, of and so this. Um, this, if I guess, it doesn't matter what you go first. But if you go, um, if you guess the um, the game first, that's worth two points because this is a toughie. So it's that makes it's me think it's framing not itself as a racing game or at least a car game. But oh, it's is not. it? Um, what? What's? Is it Skate or Die? Maybe Vroom. Because there's like a race in it? No, I don't know. No, Probably not that one. Impossible. I I, I need you guys. Maybe to, like I to don't at know. At least spark some life. Spy hunter. Oh, spy hunter. Yeah. 
Now I like that. I I would I'll, I'll be fine saying that knowing we're wrong. Yeah, I don't think that's a, it, but it sounds like a, effort. It sounds like a good guess. <laughs> All right, Spy Hunter. It's Cycross. What the hell Ooh. is Cycross? Oh, that. Oh, okay, come on yeah. with the motorcycle. Yeah, no, I got yeah. it. I got it. <laughs> um, but who okay. said it? And who said point? it? That was a Sean thing. Sean said that. <laughs> Sean. Yes. Everyone. Yeah. Uh, sure. It was Mike. <laughs> what the heck? If I say room, I would never say room ever. No, you <laughs> say it. not in my vocabulary. I just heard you say room before we started recording. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> no, I was saying zoom. I was doing the zoom, zoom, zoom. Well, a lot of listeners comment on the uh, the sounds in the background, the New York sounds. That's usually just Mike under his breath going vroom. <laughs> right, right. It's not actual uh, cars outside. Okay, number five. I, and in this, there's a, there's a name of a character that I'm going to just refer to as he. I won't say the name because it'll give away the game. Sure. But I think he had a worm that went to the moon at some point, which is pretty cool that a worm <laughs> did that. <laughs> oh, this is in the, uh, th- this was the Sesame Street ones. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a good Elmo's one. Worm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't recall. Um, I like that. Sesame Street, uh, what was it? It was one, two, three. Yeah, or was it ABC? <laughs> no, no, no. You played ABC early. It was that we, we only played one, two, three. Okay, so Sesame Street one, two, three. Yes, it was. Oh, uh, and who said it for one point? I think I this, this could be me, anyone. Yeah, I'm not sure. All right, let's say Sam. Correct. Hey, wow, hey. All right. Sam. You know that, that's why you knew it though. Well, we right got away, three too, points right you now. Know what you say? You have four yeah. points right now. It's like who else has a worm on the moon? It's Elmo. <laughs> All right, four points. Next question. You want? Oh, so so this is also again in reference to Sesame Street one two three. Okay. <laughs> you want the child to hit that one little button? Those fingers. Those fingers aren't attached to anything yet. <laughs> I, it's got to be me, That does right? sound like, like Mike. I, I, I was fighting about the menu. Yeah, M- Mike does get very confrontational. You were defending, you were defending the menu a, a little too much, if you want me to be honest. Yeah, there was definitely a fight between both of you. I think both parties were involved. <laughs> yes. Me and you were fighting uh, a lot in that episode. It was not um, a friendly day on Sesame Street. I doubt it, yeah. I just think that this is, this is, a, this is a hill that you would die on. So Okay, so yeah. You want the child to hit those button? What was the exact quote? <laughs> you want the child to hit that one little button? Those fingers aren't even attached to anything yet. Yeah, that's me. That sounds like Mike. It's Sean. What? Uh, oh. I tried to give you the hint that, like, by saying, like, oh, you definitely both were involved in this conversation. <laughs> you but did the, do the thing that, is, is yeah. you are you are defending the menu, because Mike <laughs> is saying, like, Mike is saying, like. Well, they, they they should really teach them to use the buttons properly rather than just hit all, you know, hit any button to go um, up and then use that. Like, like oh, you the, want them to pick our up menu that one talk wasn't really a hit, was it? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I don't know. All right. Number eight. Well, I'm sorry. That's actually the wrong number. Forget the numbers. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> I mostly watched the Kablua saga and then I watched a lot of the Garbanzo Chronicles. <laughs> For two points, what game? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> that, that sounds like you made it up right now. I don't think yeah. I was. I don't think I was on whatever this one was. It's a, it sounds like Chronicles. Joe. I'm gonna go with wait, Joe. The Kablua Saga, and then the. Oh wait, no. You know what? It, I know what it's from. Do, do I have to say what game it's from? Oh yeah, let's do that first. Game for two That's points. Pro- person for one point. 
that's got to be that Dragon Ball game, right? What was that called? It was called... Um, oh, yes. It wasn't called Dragon Something Ball. Pa- Dragon ba- Power? Dragon Power? Dragon Power, yes. Yeah. And they, that had, like, weird names and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Dragon Power. It is Dragon Power. Hell yeah. Yes! And who Hell said yeah. it? That's two points. Who said it? Uh, that's, again, you that's know... Joe. I, I I feel like it has to be Joe because... You were the answer to the last one, and I feel like Joe just doesn't do that. He doesn't do repetitive things. <laughs> Sounds like a you thing, but I'm going to say Joe as well. So, Joe, is it you? It is me, because Hooray. I had not watched any Dragon Ball, and you guys were talking about all the different sagas and chronicles you watch, <laughs> so I just made a couple up to feel included. I love it. All right. Next question. You guys know that little plastic fishing game where you have a little fishing pole that has a magnet on it and all the fish have little magnets in their mouths and when you wind it up, they open their mouths? That game is so much better than this game. I'm sure that was me because I, <laughs> I know exactly what I picture that in my head. Um, all right, so let's go, Sam, for, for the one point. Correct. And okay. for two points? Now, Sam, oh boy. Uh, but the thing is, like, I don't know if it was in reference to a fishing game or to yeah. just like a bad game. Were you were you on the Friday the Thirteenth episode? <laughs> yeah, but I don't think it was that one because that one at least okay. had depth. Do we think maybe good. it was spoken of in the context of a non-game, like a oh, like a rob, like game. a rob game? I don't no. know. Not a rob game, definitely not. Okay. Ooh, this is tough. I think this yeah. is a little bit more recent, but not like super recent. When was the last time you thought about that fishing game? <laughs> Probably when I said that. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I know. So when was that? <laughs> uh, like a year ago, two years ago? I don't know. I feel like I, if I pulled up a list of episodes, I could maybe... No, I, no, but no. But I'm no, not going to no. do that and cheat. Uh, I would say probably... Oh, what about man. Wheel of Fortune? Were you on the Wheel of Fortune episode? I don't think so. That was a bad game. Yeah, but that, I don't uh, I think, think it, was, it would draw that conclusion. I think Got this it, was definitely. after my first hiatus. We I don't abstain. Know. <laughs> uh, All right. Sam, it's up to you to pick a game that you remember being on an episode for and just oh, saying. Don't make we me won't, do that. We won't be upset with you. No, we won't be upset with you. No. Uh, you must do it, though. But it's, like a, it's, a, it's a bad game, though. Yeah, I know. Amagon. Um, I liked Omegon. You weren't. I liked Omegon, oh, okay. so that was... Yeah, was... wait, wait. What's that other game um, with the Russian guy? Um, Russian with the attack? Russian guy? No, no, no. Uh, shoot. Best of... It was like right after Best of 87 or Best of 88. I think it was right after Best of 87. It was... Oh, Karnov. Oh. Were you on Karnov? That was pretty early. I don't know. I think so. No, right. I don't Car- know. Let's do Karnov. Let's just yeah, do Karnov. It's not I'm- Karnov, no. Sam, it was a Rob game. It was Stack oh, Up. Oh, no. See? I was sure it wasn't. Wet Brain. Got it right. Wow. And now I Let have the Sean's wet brain. Let Sean's wet brain contagious. get some... Yeah, he's got thunder. <laughs> it's contagious over internet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All what right. do you got? Next question. You guys have eight points right now, just for the record, too. Ooh, All right. Okay. Next question. This one, I think, is a tough one, so so don't be too hard on yourselves here. But I think Bob Saget and Zac Efron kind of look the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I've never had that thought before, so it can't be me. 
I, th- I, I like talk about Bob Saget thing. pretty. Yeah, yeah, I talk about him pretty often. But I don't know what context he would have talked about Bob Saget. Uh, was there an American ho- Funniest Home Videos game? No. <laughs> wow. That'd be a fun yeah, game. Yeah, that's though. okay. So let's say it's me. <laughs> I'm saying it's, it's you. Yeah. It's Sean. What? Uh, <laughs> wow. Sean, you can't even remember your own thoughts. <laughs> I don't and, think I've right, ever let, thought let about oh, Okay. Let me think of the context a little bit more to maybe give you a, a little bit of a hint towards the game. Because this one's like a little unfair because there's just like no context in it at all. <laughs> I'm trying to remember exactly what uh, what brought this up. And, all right. You know what? I'll just give you a different hint. See, this game, this game is not any like of the traditional... Uh, game genres we usually play it's trying to do something unique i don't know if that's a uh, lunar pool so maybe this is wheel of fortune <laughs> so like uh, or, like to give you the hint like to say lunar pool i would consider that like wait some a sort second of, like, sport okay game or something, it's the so I would wh- eliminate it. why aren't you listening to joe's hints no no no. i hear it i hear it i i think it's the game uh uh it's it's like a word <laughs> that shouldn't be uh like Suddenly, it, it's like a trivia game, and also a, it's like a party game. Oh, right, right, right. What was that? Part? Trivial Pursuit. No, right? that... it, it's not Trivial Pursuit. It's oh, oh, um, no. I was gonna say. I think the, the only pursuit. reason I can I can tie this is because the cover of the game, whose name I can't think of, is just like a bunch of '90s people. Uh, oh right, and I think I said one of them looks like Zac Efron, and then or Bob Saget, and then you said. Okay, so we I think of we them have as reconstructed this people. conversation, but I still don't know the name of the game. Yeah, uh, it's a trivia game. Well, that doesn't help. Um, <laughs> it's like well, serendipity. It recent, though, right? No, it wasn't that recent. I mean, I guess it was like it was maybe a year ago. Oh, so it's it's before it's it's 1988 then. Maybe I'm on the edge of my seat right now. I gotta tell you guys uh, that. Okay, it's um, killing me. It's not. It's like one word. Da, 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 or da. oh wait wait, it's like a board game too, right? Remember we thought it was gonna be a board game. Yeah, I don't know if it is a board game in real life. No, it's not. Like no, there is a bo- taboo. Ta- no, no, it's no, not taboo. No, that's that's yeah, that's a different game. Never mind. Oh god, different thought. Different thought. <laughs> Oh man, Rare made this game. <laughs> I'm I'm so tempted to just. Fuck. Oh wait a minute, Joe gave us a hint. Okay. Joe said he's on the edge of his seat. Anticipation? Yes, it's anticipation. anticipation. Yes, okay. <laughs> I'm actually very impressed that you guys reconstructed that conversation. Like that was really that was really good. All right, uh, that was a good. Um, one. Okay. You guys have ten points. You only need two more to tie Mark. Okay. Okay. Next up, I played this game with a power pad. A lot of crazy things. A lot of crazy things. <laughs> I'm gonna go. That's Mike. that's a me thing. Yeah, yeah that's a me thing. Uh, and it has to be a power pad game. And unless it's not. <laughs> oh wait, wait. It, yeah. Would Let that me read be, it again. Um, I played this game with a power pad. A lot of crazy things. A lot oh, so of crazy not, things. It's not a power pad game then. But I think I still said it. Yeah. No. That, that does sound no. like a thing you would say. No, 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 no. No, he's in my head now. <laughs> it's not me, and it's not a power pad game. That narrows it down to three people <laughs> and 200 games. No, 180 <laughs> games. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is this like one of those inside joke things where, like, uh, you know... Um, <laughs> 
is this John Elway's quarterback or something? <laughs> like, you know, like one of those things where like we had the power pad game. That remember we recorded an episode, and then we recorded the other episode on the same day, but because of listeners, we didn't want you know them to know. So we mentioned John Elway's quarterback, and you had that <laughs> thing where you were like, you know, about oh, his, okay. you know, like like you thought he was the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. All right. No, but was it, it was the Denver Broncos. Games? But I, you know what? But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, it's. I, I, I'm going to say, like, well, let's let's start with the baseline. As I said that for John Elway's quarterback club or whatever. Okay, so you want to say you said that? I want to say that maybe I said that as a cover uh, because you you made me feel bad. Um, unless you want to say you said it. It's either you or Joe. I know I didn't say it now. So I feel like, would you, do you find yourself repeating your sentences or is that a Joe thing? You know, lots of crazy things, lots of crazy things. Like, I think that's a, I don't think you repeat yourself. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to say it's Joe. He just repeated himself. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So what is it? You say, you take a guess. Are you going with with Joe or are you? Let's go with Joe. It's Joe. All right, All right, very good. For very that good. game? Huh? No, no, no. I didn't say oh. I didn't say it was that game yet. Okay. The episode, uh, yeah. So so the game decided on that one. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, if it was around that time that was we we were doing that was like John Elway's and then we had the uh Tecmo Bowl. Oh, wait a minute. Right after that, it was right? Ultima. It was Ultima 3, wasn't it? Okay. Uh, Ultima three with the power pad because wait wait what's you seem me, pretty think. you seem pretty confident. Ultima three is okay. So like, look, here's the problem. Ultima three, John Elway's quarterback and dance aerobics are all like the same time. So I could see how like you see how we're coming to this conclusion. But would Joe really go back and listen to the Ultima three episode? <laughs> that was so long. That episode was like. Two hours. Uh, maybe, maybe he did. You don't know what Joe does in his like. Well, I hate the fact that it's either John Elway's quarterback or Ultima Three, and I can't figure it out. So, <laughs> which one do you think it is? Let's go Ultima Three. I'm going with your gut. With that guess, you have officially pulled ahead of Mark. There it is. Yeah. Yes, yes. It was Ultima Good job, Exodus. Mike. Um, Thank you. So you got 13 points. Uh, now you're just playing to up your score. We're almost done here. But I do want to give the, the context to that. Yes, you're right, Mike. Uh, uh, we said in the episode after, I think it was Dance Aerobics, we recorded we recorded, right, we recorded first. Dance Aerobics first because Ultima 3, we was, needed more time yes, to play yes, even more of the game. Okay. Right. So we recorded that first. <laughs> and in that, you referenced something about, like, oh, last week when we played Ultima Exodus, even though in real life, secretly, we hadn't played it yet. And and then Sean said, like, well, what, did you play Ultimate Exodus with the power pad? And I was like, yeah, I played it with the power pad. And and uh, or we were talking about how, like, yeah, I definitely said that in the last episode. I played it with the power pad. Um, and then we, you were like, yeah, Mike was like, yeah, you said a lot of crazy things in that episode. So then I made a point to, oh, in that right. episode, say, I played this with the power pad. A lot of crazy things. A lot of crazy things. Let's <laughs> just say you had to be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> long story. Long story. Okay, the last one of this format, then there's the two bonus ones. Um, okay. So this one's a, a little a little funky, but I'll, here it is. Somebody says, it's like a training center, to which Mike replies, 
That's a great point, Sean, about it being a training center. <laughs> Who said the initial it's like a training center that, that Mike replied to? It must have been Joe. Um, <laughs> because I think there was a thing where you guys were introducing each other and you switched names or something like that or or you were referring to each other differently. Um, That's a classic substitute teacher prank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would be. I would also think it could be Sam when he was doing his recording his episodes, oh. and then we would just like insert them in. Oh, but yeah, but that, that doesn't be, that doesn't make sense in that context. I didn't do that that yeah. much. That was only Zanuck, yeah. I think. It was right, right. So I don't think it would be the Zanuck episode. So I'm gonna also say, for I'm the gonna for the record, it. sorry. Yeah, this is just for who said it. Not going to ask you the game on this one. Okay, right. Two okay. points. So then Two I think Joe also. said it. Yeah, sticking with me. Sticking with Joe. Yes, I said it. There was no <laughs> trickery of other names. Just Sean got the credit for it, but I said it. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately. Yeah, that's like yeah, a bone to pick, and that's it's like, like a training center. Wow, Mike that's says. Great really, point, Sean. Really I never petty. noticed it until I re-listened to it right now. Um, but I'm bitter about it. <laughs> okay. Now, the next, the, the first bonus question. And I'm sorry, I actually have three bonus questions. I forgot. First <laughs> okay. bonus question. Which one of these did Mike not say? One, unfortunately, that's the roll of the cards. <laughs> Two, we've got this great tiger character, but what can we make to go with it? Maybe cereal? Three, the menu bothered me a little. It just said, which would you like? I don't think that's appropriate language. And four. Okay, so here's oh, wait, my thing. One more. I, know, I already know the answer. Wait, I got one more. I got one more. I, I got to say the last one. I was watching Fresh Prince on HBO Max, and I was like, this isn't Frog Fractions. <laughs> okay, guys, I know the answer only because I I say all those things regularly. Uh, so even though it is a, a Mikeism, I'm very confident that I didn't say roll of the cards. Oh, my God. That, um, is so, that was the one that was like, oh, he had to have said that. No, I know I said HBO Max with Fresh Prince and Frog Fractions. I know I said that. Um, the other, the other two just felt familiar to me. Roll of the Cards is something that I would like. I probably have said, it's like a but Zap it would Branigan require quote. it would require somebody to like find it, you know, like in an episode, like specifically. Which I'm not saying Joe didn't do, but it's more of like a mistake thing that I feel like would be like hard to catch. Unless and the other up. three, which are like things that I feel like I've I've said. All right, we'll we'll go with we'll, we'll go with the man himself. So you're going with roll of the cards. Roll of the cards. You did say roll of the cards. Actually. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, my God. And here's the thing: you said it and immediately realized and laughed and said, oh, "Roll of the cards." Like you realized what you said. <laughs> what you didn't say was, "We've got this great tiger character." But what what could we make to go with it? Maybe cereal. I said that, but I did say it in response to a joke you made about Tony the Tiger, which came first, Tony the Tiger or Frosted Flakes. So a little, oh you know, trying God. to make it a little tricky there for you. Wait, real quick. Did we not do the game for the last question? We did not. We didn't have, yeah, we didn't have to. Yeah, oh, and that's not, that's okay. Damn, I'm sorry, guys. It's okay. That's crazy. <laughs> okay, next question. Which episode did we not mention Mousetrap and that we never actually play Mousetrap, we just build it? Of these oh. four episodes, which one did we not mention that? 
That is crazy. <laughs> and and mind you, I just was randomly listening to random parts of episodes, and I caught this three times that we mentioned this. Not episodes that were anywhere near each other. Okay. Anticipation, Paperboy, Amagon, Othello. Uh, I, I think that it was me who said uh, that you always set it up and you don't play it. And I don't think I was on the Othello episode. So I, that's what I would but, guess. No, but we've we've all said it. Trust me. It's yeah. my thought as well. So I'm actually thinking it's the Amagon episode. Which one is Amagon again? It's the one with the, like, you build a transformer, right? Oh. No, Amagon's the one where you're th- running through the jungle, right? Oh, your guy, right, your right. Guy turns into yeah. the giant I still don't know what Amagon. game it is. Yeah, he, he he's like he's like a weak, scrawny little kid, but he has a gun, and then his power up <laughs> makes him worse because he can only punch. <laughs> wow, I I really want that to be a back of the box or something. Um, um, I have no idea. <laughs> wow, I hate that it's probably not Amagon, but the other three all like have a reason to bring up Mousetrap. Yeah, in a way, you know, like I Paperboy is has a, Mouse is a red herring. That's I, I, I know, I, I know, but like I couldn't make a guess on the other three. Like they all have legitimate reasons for why we bring them up, except for Othello, I guess. Like, like I guess I could hear myself saying like Othello is more fun than or less fun than setting up Mousetrap and not playing it. <laughs> I'm still gonna say Amagon, but I, you know, feel free. I, think I, it's I Othello, suck at this game. But I'll. Sean, you're the tiebreaker. Who do you believe more? Ah. Uh. I guess I guess I'll lean Amagon. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna lean Amagon. I don't know at all. All right, going with Amagon. Yeah. Yep. It was Paperboy. Oh, Damn. whoa! <laughs> it, all this uh, really I don't says really is how much. Why like, you brought it up in Amagon? Like anticipation and Othello <laughs> are board games, so like I get that, but like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember the context, but uh, but you brought it up in Amagon, and I remember thinking, well, that's the third time I heard uh, Mouse, <laughs> Mousetrap Mouse just lives in this, like, rent-free in our minds. Yes. But just the uh, part where you play it, not the part where you, you know, or the, just the part where the trap goes off. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. Set, and setting it up. Not and who knows how many other episodes that I didn't listen to this week that you might have mentioned it in. Um, all right. Final question. Which of these three games did we not mention Twister, <laughs> stack up, stadium events, dance aerobics. Well, stack up. It's gotta be stack up. I feel I feel pretty confident about stack up. Unless there's a fourth one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, you mentioned it in stack up. You did not mention it in stadium events. Really? Oh. Well, wow, this is crazy. This is, but we just. How are the listeners doing? Things. You guys should let us know on Twitter how you guys are doing. <laughs> I guess we and, don't really uh, put a lot of thought into what we say. Yeah, and also some of these were like very, very like obscure. But 15, 15 out of 30. That's a, that's a good 50%. With the, with the curve, you've passed. I don't know. The curve, okay. I thought the curve was we had to hit 17. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't remember the curve. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> you passed. The point is we scored 15 points, Mark. which is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, guys. Well, yeah, thanks for bearing with me. That, that went on a little long, but uh, but that was fun. Yeah, it's all great. I threw this all in the post show. Good, good. Yeah, that was, that was actually really fun to, uh, to, to hear you guys work through it and, like, be gritting my teeth when you say it and then move past it or, <laughs> or get close to it. We should do this more often. Yeah. 
I love yeah. I love the trivia, um, and we'll be sure to play more more games. Hopefully, NES games, uh, <laughs> Nintendo games specifically, in maybe in chronological order, maybe with a vote on whether they wind up on a thing called the Essential Games List. And if we do do something like that, it will definitely post on uh, wherever you listen to podcasts every Friday at eight a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, I don't do time zone math, so do your own. But yeah, it always happens then. It's going to keep happening. This is only episode 200. We've got like 700 total. So we're going to keep banging them out. And hey, if you're one of those new people who's like, hey, I'm interested in another podcast from these guys, I'll listen to Nostalgia Bites, B-Y-T-E, but they are B-I-T-E sized episodes. Hey. Um, you can do that on Patreon uh, for $5 a month. Again, link in the show notes, link on our um twitter and soon to be link on our uh, newly found website which is very exciting everybody can join us for episode 201 next friday for super dodgeball we'll see you then 